0: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of Webmaster Radio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of Webmaster Radio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing. And new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Angler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, Now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years, and Chief Executive Officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge,
1: Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler. CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today I'll be talking about market insights and digital impact with Jeff Ramsey, co founder and CEO of eMarketer, an online ecosystem that provides marketers, publishers, and agencies with analysis and insights on digital marketing, media, and commerce. In 2011, Jeff released his book, Digital Impact, The Two Secrets to Online Marketing Success, which is co-authored by Vip and Meyer of McCann Worldwide. Last year, Jeff also received the Ad Tech Industry Achievement Award, which honors individuals in the digital marketing space who have demonstrated consistent outstanding service, generated breakthrough ideas, and fostered industry growth. Prior to founding eMarketer, Jeff worked at several large New York advertising agencies, including TBWA and Ogilvy and & Mather, where he ran multinational accounts for brands such as Procter & Gamble, Kraft Foods, M&M, Mars, and AT&T. He is a highly regarded speaker and is frequently quoted in media outlets like the Wall Street Journal, Business Week, and Ad Age. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Twitter.com forward slash Jeff Ramsey. That's G-E-O-F-F-R-A-M-S-E-Y. And with that, it's great to have you on Market Edge. Jeff, welcome. It's great to be here. Uh, Excellent. It, it just sounds like that that's a, a lot of stuff I, I don't even recognize. myself. <laughs> it sounds more glamorous <laughs> than it is. <laughs> Well, it's pretty glamorous. So let's start with, for those not familiar with eMarketer, why don't you tell us a little bit about what eMarketer is and how marketers use the products? Uh, Sure. Actually, I'm going to twist that around and say, first of all, what we're not. Um, We are not a research company even though our specialty is focusing on market research that sounds like a oxymoron but it's essentially because we aggregate data from uh, tons of different sources uh, a little over 4000 to be exact and our job really is to synthesize that information and analyze it to try to make sense of all the disparate numbers and trends and opinions out there that relate to online marketing e-commerce and so on so we're we're kind of trying to distill down what's really going on and provide some clarity in what is a very murky, constantly changing dynamic market. And geographic footprint, just for the listeners, can you expand on that? uh New York <laughs> we're we're well we're based in New York um right. and but, what about the and data he, yes, but we certainly look at the entire world uh every region in it and as many countries as we can find data on there are some countries uh uh that you know have very few sources but most of the most of the countries we look at have uh, multiple research sources in them and so we we have to cover things globally because that's the way the internet is right Right. Okay. So uh, given your advertising background, how did that experience influence the development of the eMarketer? I always think that, uh, you know, I spent 17 years in the ad business and I would have killed to have a product like eMarketer at my hands. Um, for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is so much of being in an agency world and for that matter, uh, being in an advertiser or or client marketer is is Having to build a case, whether that's for your client or for your boss or your boss's boss, you need data to support whatever particular initiative you think is the right thing to do Um, but you can't do it unless you have the artillery or the data behind it Um, so in one sense we're kind of like in the arms race of providing data for marketers (laughs) and agencies and others to to arm themselves with the information they need to to move forward. Um, It's more than that of course because marketers and agencies use us to really actually identify strategic opportunities and figure out where they're going to put their investments in digital Um, but one can not ignore one of the most uh, basic uh, uses of statistics in business, which is to basically cover your butt. So, if you were back in your ad agency days uh, for all of those years, in my dwindling um, how career, do you, yes. How, how do you think the the products and services of eMarketer would have changed the way that you guys did business? I, I think, in a w- sentence. Um, I would have been able to be far more efficient and effective, um, and ironically back then, uh, prior to the internet, which is when I kind of had my heyday in advertising and marketing, there was far less information and data because the internet hadn't come onto the scene, so even back then, it would have been great to have you know an information source that would have you know focused on all of these topics and so on. but we just see uh, a an absolute ocean of data out there and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, you know, and we talk about big data and so on. Um, and uh frankly I just don't know how anybody keeps up. I, I read, you know, Fortune, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, New York Times Ad age fifty dozen newsletters uh all relating to digital, yeah. I read our reports and I and, and, and a two hour commute each way and, and frankly I still feel behind. Um yeah. so as bad as the need was when I was in advertising, uh it's all the more so now. So, inquiring minds want to know what is the day in the life of the CEO of EMarketer, given how quickly things change. I basically sit around and talk to people like you um, about <laughs> <laughs> well, what we do. No, uh, it's it's really T's and C's. Um, and and I'll be specific there. There's one T which is I spend uh, quite a bit of my time focusing on talent. Um, it's critically important to us. Uh, to quote Jim Collins, uh, to have the right people on the bus. So I'm spending a lot of time out there externally looking around at conferences and events and so on, uh, trying to identify uh, potential talent for us, uh, as well as just you know through my many connections and even my Facebook friends to to find good people that we could bring on board. As but just as importantly as, as talent, finding new people to come in are, are three C's, uh, which I spent a lot of time on. One is, is culture. Uh, I have worked in some of the best agencies uh, in the business, and some not so-good agencies with. And, and it really came down to culture. as uh, Tony Shea of uh, the CEO of Zappos once said, "If you get culture right." pretty much everything else falls into place. Mm-hmm. That might be a bit uh, hyperbole, but I, I've really taken that to heart. So I spent a lot of time making sure that not just that we get the results uh, in any individual group or you know sales overall, but how we get those results, how we interact with each other, how we treat each other in our you know, daily lives, uh, both on the inside and the outside. Uh, the second C is Connections. Um, sometimes I, I look at my you know schedule or my agenda at the end of the day, and I say, "Well, how come I barely checked anything off?" And it's because I spent most of my day connecting people internally to those out outside and people on the outside who needed to connect with people on the inside of, of our company. So a lot of connecting uh, where Facebook and LinkedIn are helpful, but you know, just simple email can, can actually help with that as well. And then the third uh, and final C is communications. You know, uh, someone once said, "You can just you can never." communicate enough in an organization, so I spend a lot of time trying to reinforce uh, you know what we're trying to accomplish, what the mission is, what the culture is supposed to be about, and I do that on the internal side as well as the external. And a lot of my days just spent cross, kind of cross- syncing uh, between the outside world and what's happening there with, with individuals and teams on the inside world. I love the T&Cs, and I will undoubtedly feel that. It's a really simple, very um, impactful way of thinking about it. That's great. So you mentioned up front that um, you're not a research company. You aggregate, still synthesize over from over 4,000 sources. Um, and then you also reference that every day there's more and joked about someone is over the weekend created something that you need to know about on, on Monday morning. We kind of joke about that, a tool or a, mm-hmm. a source. So how, uh, without giving away the, um you know, the clean the, the secrets, how does the market determine which sources to include and, and who's right? That's a that's a really good question. Um, in in essence, one of the things you know, I'll get back to what we don't do. One of the things we don't do is is market research, and and we do that very deliberately because it, you know you could think, oh gee, don't wouldn't you want to fill in the gaps by doing your own market research, you know, surveys or what have you, and and the and the reason we don't is because we want to remain objective by staying out of the we're in the. Uh, business of creating surveys, uh, we are essentially holding ourselves over and above all of that stuff so that we can objectively determine where the truth lies. Now, how we, de- how we get to our estimates and projections the, but be, is, is one story, but before I even get there, it's first critically important, when you're looking at a bunch of different data sets from different research sources to understand why are there differences? Why is one number, you know, 2x uh, another number? Uh, or in many cases, it's, it's wonderful. What we're actually mostly looking for is convergence. When the numbers line up, it's a pretty heady thing, and it's like it says, wow, it must be that that." that direction but very often you f- of course find numbers that disagree with each other and it comes down to three different uh, reasons. For reason one and probably the most important is different research companies have different uh, uh, definitions. For instance, what, what constitutes a social network user? Is it somebody who has ever been to a social network site? Maybe it's a grandmother who got a link from a cousin or nephew uh, and said, hey, check this out and She went to that, but that never went back again. Uh, Or is a social network user somebody who's on at least every month or every week? Mm -hmm. Or does one have to have a profile page? Uh, on Facebook or Twitter, uh, be a Twitter uh, user to constitute a social network user. So definitions account for a lot of the differences that we see between the research numbers. Uh, the second most important thing is the methodology. You know, uh, did you do a survey among 50 people that happen to be your clients? And there's kind of a built-in bias there. Or did you do it among 40,000 people on a worldwide basis, uh, random digit dialing mm-hmm. or some other more say, sophisticated uh, form? Of, of market research. Um, and, and make no mistake, eMarketer doesn't do market research, but we have a, a great deal of respect for those that do. It's expensive. It's time-consuming. It's very complicated. Um, and it's harder and harder to get people to agree to uh, participate in a survey. But um, critically, we're looking at the different methodologies, and that explains a lot between why one number is one one. You know, X, and then another number is X plus two, um, and then the third reason that there's differences is, is frankly often biases are introduced. Whether that's the research firm itself, uh, you know, sometimes it's an ad agency holding company, or it's a it's a, a some offshoot of uh, an ad agency, or it's an analyst firm that may have a stake in it, or very often it's a kind of behind the scenes thing where you see unbelievably high figures for say mobile consumption, and then you find out it's. Uh, uh, a, a survey that's been sponsored by a leading telecom company, so we try to you know dissect that and look at the different definitions, methodologies, understand the different biases and then the you know the fourth thing is we look at the reputations of the individual research firms you know not just generally but in this particular area. you know some research firms specialize in a particular area, and then when they get outside of that they're they're not not so accurate um, so we look at all of those things and then out of that and every other piece of information we can, whether it's the economy or, uh, uh, you know, some kind of technical, uh, thing in terms of, you know, the number of subscriptions in, in, in a cable house, you know, cable households or whatever it is, we try to identify, uh, every single piece of data that we can that relates to that. And it's kind of like a prism effect. You know, it, instead of looking at one set of data, you find yourself looking at 12, different sets of data, or it could be 15 or, or sometimes, you know, uh, three dozen different research sources, all looking at it maybe from a different angle, maybe with slightly different uh, uh, respondent pools and, and very often with different questions. But, but we try to triangulate that information, and it's really a form of meta-analysis to look at all the information together. And usually when you do that, that yields a more accurate picture than if you looked at any one single set of data. I know mm-hmm. that sounds kind of like mumbo jumbo, but it's 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 really their no, no, no. secret it, sauce. And it's pretty rigorous. About back to your point about you're not a research company and you want to remain objective, so that that filter of art and science that goes through that that um, that feels extremely meaty. One of the things you surfaced was about mobile, and let's take that one just for for a second. How has mobile, from your vantage point, how have you seen mobile change the dynamic around? Um, ROI, customer insight, and brand building, um, where have you seen it move? Where do you see it going based upon the research that, that you guys have aggregated? Well, I'm I'm actually very excited about mobile, and, and I, I can't say that I always was. You know, back in, uh, I remember in 2001, uh, eMarketer put out a report that essentially put a wet blanket on mobile when everybody was talking about it was going to be the next great thing. And the, the year of the but seven years ago. Yes, the year of the mobile began sometime around then. Um, right. And we put a wet blanket around it, because not because we didn't see the promise in the future, whether it's going to be 5, 6, 7, 8, 10 years out. Uh, as it turned out, it was 10 years out, um, mm-hmm. but because it wasn't ready for prime time yet. And now I am incredibly excited about mobile for a number of reasons. It um, really comes down to the three Ps. Uh, I like alliteration and, and uh, acronyms. Yeah, it's pretty good. One, one of them is uh, the fact that the phones have evolved, uh, the smartphones, which is a computer in your pocket, you know, you're walking around 24-7 with this this gadget in your in your pocket that enables you to gather information that, that puts you know the consumer more in control than ever. Um, but marketers also have an opportunity with smartphones to be able to reach people uh and and get at intent a little bit better because you can surmise from a person's location and that maybe the time of day, you mm-hmm. know where they are and when but perhaps what they might be interested in and you can serve up an appropriate coupon or or message yep. or you know CRM kind of uh, offering. Um, so the phones are, are critically important and then there's the other P which is the players have evolved. So it's not just the telecom companies anymore. Now it's Apple and Google mm-hmm. and a whole bunch mm-hmm. of other players that makes it really much more interesting. So you have much more innovation driving all of this stuff now. Uh and so I think those are, you know, two of the the most important pieces in fact. Uh and and we just see, you know, it's just an expanding uh market, it's a worldwide market. Uh yeah. you know, there's there's yeah. 7 billion people on the planet and uh, upwards of 2 to 3 billion uh are on phones and there's only about, you know, 1.8 billion that are on PC. So Uh, The phone is the place to go uh, if you want to reach people, you know, in in certainly less developed uh, countries. Right. Okay, so we're going to take a short commercial break. Please stand by, and I'll be right back with Jeff Ramsey and more of the conversation.
0: Market Edge will return in just a moment. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1 866 625 5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. From the creators of we Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The Ninjas. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Jeff Ramsey, the co-founder and CEO of eMarketer, talking about market insights and digital impact. Alright, so let's turn our attention to the book that you co-authored last year, Digital Impact the Two Secrets to Online Marketing Success, which provides guidelines for engaging customers online and getting the right performance measurement approach. You used a phrase in the book about magnetic content and how you can use it to engage customers that typically resist advertising. Um, Say more about that, if you would. Uh, sure. Um, and basically, this gets it at an entire mindset with regard to advertising and, and marketing. And, and in fact, even beyond that, it's, it gets at the entire business model of advertising, which for decades um, has been predicated on, a, uh, you know, we interrupt this programming to bring you this message that you really didn't want to see or it's often not relevant. Um, it's kind of the interruption disruption model as I refer to it and you know that's worked well for us for many many years it's certainly sold a lot of products on TV over the last few decades um, but I think it's waning in importance it's not going to disappear altogether, Um and increasingly what we're looking at you know particularly with the advent of social media and, and mobile is that consumers have uh, you know we, we hear this over and over again how, how much control they have but I, I think we really have to understand what that means it means that in terms of of their time and attention, which is the most precious resource, is even more important in many cases than, than their pocketbooks, is that you are trying as an, a marketer or advertiser to interrupt that time with what? What amounts to a message that you know is very unlikely going to be relevant at least at that particular period in time, I might be in the market for a car or I might not be, um, right. but your message is is just so unlikely to be something that is welcomed right so given how precious that time and attention is for the consumer and the fact that they have the means to you know cook away or just totally ignore your, your banner ad or whatever kind of message you're putting out there because you're basically shilling products and services, is that it behooves the marketer to essentially step into the shoes of a publisher or uh, a content producer. And so that hence the term magnetic content, it's more about attraction than de- distraction. Um, you just can't simply afford to keep trying to interrupt consumers anymore. If you're really going to get their time and attention, whether they're on a social network site or they're on, watching television, or they're probably doing both at the same time. If you're trying to go- get their attention, you better have something that is valuable in its own right. Some form of content. It could be an app. It could be a, a, a YouTube video. It could be, you know, even a banner ad if it's well done. But it has to command the consumer's time and attention. And so it's it's got to be either entertaining, uh, useful. Uh, you can think of many mobile apps that actually serve a purpose in somebody's life. Um, one great example of that is, uh, that comes to mind is Clorox came up with a, an app called iStain that allows busy moms and dads uh, on the go with their kids. You know, somebody gets a stain, you can instantly look up on the iStain app which which uh kind of products or services or or sorry products or uh uh solutions are going to work to get rid of this stain and sometimes mm-hmm. it's club soda it has nothing to do with clorox beach bleach which is great because it's actually looking at at this from the consumer's angle as opposed to you know how can i sell more product today ultimately right. you're going to do that uh sell more product but you have to realize that that you're 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 trying to vie for the consumer's time before you even get to their their pocketbook, and so we built this whole kind of concept of magnetic content. and And Vip and my uh, co-author had spent a lot of time uh, analyzing uh, different uh, components that would make for magnetic content, and and we came up with uh, five of them. And they were, it has the content has to be unique, you know, because if it's something me too that we've seen a million times before, it's probably not going to get people's attention. It has to be uh, uh, useful, uh, you know, and it, it's not that you can, you have to be all of these five criteria, but you mm-hmm. have to be one or two or three or, you know, maybe five. Uh, so useful, unique, fun, you know, slash entertaining, um, it, and also you want to be, uh, using the medium in a way that is, is best appropriate for that medium. You know mm-hmm. right now, video might not be the best uh, uh, medium on on a small phone, uh, even a smartphone today um, and yet it might it depends on the context and who you 're trying right. to reach you know demographically right. so it's taking all of these things into account and realizing if you 're going to break through, you have to Really think of the information and content you have that's that making it useful. So you almost want to ask yourself the question, you know, I'm a brand marketer. I'm an agency person creating something. Ask yourself this question. Would I personally want to receive this? Would I personally want to share it with somebody else, a friend, or would I be embarrassed to do that? And, and if you know, if the answer is no, I wouldn't want to receive that. that maybe, uh, maybe you're saying to yourself, well, actually, really, I'm just creating another ad. And 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 make no mistake, some ads actually fit uh, the criteria for magnetic content. They're entertaining enough or useful enough that they fit that. Um, but so often, the, that's just not the case. Mm. So um, you're touching on so many things. I think people who Feel uh, a market research firm or a research aggregator is just very uh, analytic and data driven, and you're you're touching on so many really important um, brand insight and customer insights. One of the things that struck me in the book was about your discussion around how people budget their time spent, and your point about the most precious. Uh, areas are um, time and attention, almost even more so than the, the budget. So um, we're coming to the, the end of time here on the show, but I'd love your take on a couple um, of um, either networks or new technologies, just from the standpoint of a not only a senior executive at eMarketer, but as a consumer. Um, so for example, uh, Google+. Plus. Really quick, what's your take on Google Plus? We'll go through a couple of these. So really quick, like one uh, yeah, yeah. So reaction. For me, the jury's out. My my 16-year-old son just is absolutely uh, taken with it and loves it. And I, I've said yes to many Google Plus invites. And I, I, you know, to be brutally honest, have not seen any real value for me yet, whereas I have mm-hmm. on Facebook. So, I mean, I, th- this game can change, out. you know, very quickly. So I, I wouldn't yep. write it off. Okay. How about the daily deals phenomenon? The bonds living. Oh, don't get me started. Uh, I was just at a restaurant Friday night with my wife, and I, I, you know, I, I, I got into one of my fuming rants about how I, I'm concerned that these uh, daily deal kind of sites are are not just. Uh, hurting uh the consumer sometimes because they they end up just going for the deal versus the the better product or service but but more importantly that they're going to possibly put some businesses out of business Mm. because you know you're starting to just like in the 70s with the coupon wars you're starting to train consumers and particularly with mobile devices to be fixated on only going for the deal you know, I'm only mm-hmm. going to go to a restaurant because I'm going to wait for that deal, uh, and uh, you know, if I, I, I might miss going out to a really good restaurant because I'm waiting for, for that next deal, and it's always right. going to come because somebody's going to have it for you, right? But yep. then I'm not r- doing repeat purchase at that business because I'm probably getting a, a, a deal somewhere else for the a next deal time. somewhere else. Right Right. Yep. And yeah. So I was asking a bunch of the patrons who were walking out because they were all talking about how much they saved, and I said, "Yeah, but would you guys come back?" And they said,. Yeah, you know, I think we would come back. And I said, well, great, maybe that's 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 a good thing. But you re- really have to have a good product or service to get involved with these deal things because unless you get repeat business, you're going to take a loss on, on every customer that walks in your door.
0: So I think, about- I think the
1: valuations are, are a little overhyped right now. Let me yeah. put it that way. True. How about Pinterest? I haven't heard of it. Is that a good answer? Okay. Um no, that's completely fine. Go check it out. It's very interesting. It's basically a, a bulletin board with push pin that is allowing people to grab um, articles, uh, pictures, and it is taking off like absolute wildfire and it'll be interesting that's, to see that's how good engage. because it's a utility. Anything that, that yeah. speaks of convenience that makes my job easier so I don't have to think, that's that's a great thing for consumers. That's why e commerce is going well, that's why Twitter's yeah. hot, you know. Yeah. All these things just make it easier for us to communicate. All right, last one. Uh, QR codes. You know, that's one of those. I, I hate to say it. At this point in time, I'm going to have to throw a wet blanket on it because you know, so often when you you go as a consumer to see what's behind the the, the hidden camera or what what's behind the QR code, and you find that's it. That was this is what I spent <laughs> my time dealing with. Yeah. Um, I think marketers have jumped on this way faster than consumers have. Uh, so in this case, marketers have gotten ahead of themselves. Yep. Okay. Well, well, many more questions, but we are out of time. So thank you, Jeff, for being my guest today. And thanks, everyone in the audience, for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Angler or on my blog at www.glennangler.com and visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. Thanks very much. Over and out.